Welcome to Definitely Maybe Agile, the podcast where Peter Madison and David Sherrock discuss the complexities of adopting new ways of working at scale. Hello, Dave. How are you today? Uh, great. How are you doing? doing wonderful. It's uh, it's a beautiful day here in Toronto and uh, having a lot of fun. So I'm trying to get the same feeling. It's minus one here in Vancouver, so that's <laughs> Closest we get to a true Toronto winter, I believe. Yes, yeah, it's, it's minus one here too. So <laughs> different sides of the country. But <laughs> so we talked a little bit um, about trying to understand how you and I approach our conversations and engagements with our clients, and talking a little bit about that first exercise of just getting to know what's going on in an organization and how we map that out and use some of those artifacts as a result. Um, Maybe we can start, uh, Peter, by just understanding a little bit about what your approach is when you're dealing with a new challenge that you need to learn about. Right. So, And I think uh, this was spurred by an email I sent you with a diagram of something that uh, I've been working on with uh, one of our partners uh, around... Uh, this idea of flow engineering and uh, and the maps that uh, that we use there. So one of the things that uh, we first look at when we're going to an organization is we look at uh, how do we help them understand uh, where they are today and identify where they need to focus to be able to go next and start to get them to think differently about uh, the way that they're executing today and the way that they uh, they work together and be able to take a step back and look at the the entire system more holistically so peter is that something that your the clients that you're dealing with the people that you're dealing with come to you and say we need to understand the system and what's going on or is it more along the lines of they have a very specific tactical problem or product they're trying to get out of the line and you pull it back to look at the system it's more of the latter it's like where we have uh, for example, a client might has come to us uh, fairly recently and they came with a like, there's a whole bunch of problems and I'd like you to help us with all of them. And like, oh, where would you like us to start? Because there's a lot of different things we could potentially focus on here. Uh, examples would be something like, uh, hey, I, I've just started on a, like a cloud migration and uh, I need to organize my teams around that. And I'm worried that uh, even as I introduce these capabilities that the the organization isn't going to adopt them or I'm going to end up spending a whole ton of money and I don't know whether we're focusing on the right thing. So there's uh, there's problems like that. Um, and in that particular case too, another aspect of that was uh, how do I ensure the continued governance as we start to adopt cloud that we don't end up like exposing client data or causing problems and put the right processes and practices and mindsets into place to be able to uh, help us through that transition. So already, as you're talking about that, I'm hearing you go into a lot of tactical considerations. Um, what is, how do you determine where to start working? What's the that process? So for, for us, the the process is very much, and this is that that first map. It's like, how do you get them to start to take a step back and think about outcomes? Start to think about what are the actual outcomes you're looking to achieve here so that we can uh, build out your roadmaps based on that so that we can start to build out a like a map of where you want to go where are your biggest problems what sort of things should you be focusing on but taking it back and looking at it from the point of view of uh, if we take the solutions out of the equation like what are the outcomes you're looking to achieve here so it's almost um, I'm just thinking to paraphrase that rather than 
diving into, you talked about processes and people and solutions and so on. It's really pulling that back a little bit at the beginning just to understand what the outcomes are. What the Now, when you're talking about outcomes, is that in terms of cost benefit realization or increased revenue? Or are you talking about an outcome where I get a particular system into production or what level of outcomes? I mean, outcomes themselves are very broad. How do you help people get to the right level and what is the right level from your perspective? So we... Uh... We go through the first one, the first one of those maps, the four maps that in that diagram I sent you, which of course all the listeners can't see. But the, the first one of those maps is around outcome mapping. Uh, but but even before that, we we engage with them to start to get them thinking in a in a way around asking, well, what what would the world look like if it could look different than it was today? And um, like, where are you trying to get to? Starting to get them to think a little differently about how to go about approaching the problems in front of them. And then we move from there into running uh, outcomes mapping workshops where we we help them through the process of, say, what what is the outcome you want in like four to six months and, and help them articulate that. And then what are the, start them to look at like what's holding you back from getting there. And once they've articulated that, we can build the outcomes roadmap from that to see, okay, from... To get to that outcome, what are the other outcomes you'd need along the way? And now we've got a non-solution based, what are we trying to do <laughs> type thing? What are we trying to achieve? Yeah, what's the change you're trying to see, right? I, I'm reminded, uh, Simon Oral is a good friend of mine. He's a, a, an enterprise coach, certified enterprise coach out of Canmore in Alberta. And Simon's sort of insight that he's given me and is something that I take away and use in many of these situations is the simple question of, what do you want more of? What do you want less of? And what I really like about that is that it, it, there, there's no assumption of where people are coming in. I'm not saying, what do you want more revenue of or less of cost? That whole perspective is brought to the table by the people that we're dealing with. And now immediately we can see what they care about, what they're thinking about. And of course, as we deal with more senior leaders, they tend to have a much broader strategic focus as to what that what do I want more of what do I want less of is and I think that ties very nicely into that whole idea of the outcome mapping of of how do you consolidate that put it on paper and actually help people direct their energies in the right way to achieve what's really needed so I think that's a great great answer now what do you that map that you end up getting out of the outcome mapping um, how permanent is it is it something that should be fixed onto the walls and used over a year or two years. What's the validity of that map that you're generating? So the the cadence, there's kind of this idea that uh, we, we constantly want to be going back and revising and ensuring that are those still the outcomes we want. Uh, and it, so it's a, uh, there's this idea, and uh, I know you and I have uh, touched and talked about it, this, this idea of... Um, where the the mapping process itself being more important than the map the 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 outcome map that you get it has value it can act as a guide it can help make sure you're going in the right direction it can act as a, a signpost or give you signposts as to which way should i be going what should i probably focus on next but it's uh the actual process of bringing people together to create it is what creates a lot of that value so being able to 
iterate it and not say, hey, look, this I've created my outcome map. I'm going to put this on the wall, and now everybody's going to do this for the next two years um, without coming back and reconsidering, well, are those still the outcomes that I want? Because the, the environment is going to change as you start to move forward. And as we move into the the more the tactical parts of the process and we start to dig into like what more tactical changes do we need to make? What what experiments do we need to run? What ways of looking at environment do we need to have to be able to look at the other parts of what the organization needs to achieve those outcomes? Then where we don't want to be locked into potentially be going in the wrong direction. So yeah, I I, I always come back to this like my one of my favorite topics. I have many, but one of my <laughs> topics right is is the idea that changes. Is now we're in an, a complex world. More and more relevantly, it, this we see this all the time. And one of the real uh, um, outcomes of that is that we can't make predict. We can't have a plan that's stable and static for multiple years. And I think the way we see that change is in the past we would have cascaded down the strategic objectives, and so the necessity to be able to modify those strategic objectives in um, sort of in near real time or or as a result of new information and changes coming to the people who are trying to execute on that was not really necessary because that was it was a static objective over a couple of years for example and i think nowadays that need of having people who can think through the process and modify in outcomes in the outcome mapping example that we're talking about now is important because it should always be continually challenged. And we can't expect our senior leaders leaders to be continually challenging it. It's something that we want everybody to be able to rethink that idea of. I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's so different when you get into an organization where everybody is continually rethinking what's there. Yeah, I agree. That's, so how do you approach this in your practice? Yeah, I, I think um, there's a couple of things. I'm going to talk about one and then maybe we'll touch on one of the other ones. So we've just come out of a 2021 strategic planning exercise with one of our clients. And uh, just talking about what we've just discussed, the intention was to come out with a roadmap for 2021, some idea of what the initiatives are going forward. But the roadmap itself in times past may have been a committed to roadmap that had to be kind of signed. And you, it, we've certainly had experiences of this. I'm sure you've done the same where people are signing that some paper document at the end to say, we will definitely do this in 2021. What I really appreciated about what we've just done is uh, number one, it wasn't a commitment. It was let's get everything on the table and look at what that map tells us. And the key finding that came out of it, of course, and this is very true, I think, in many organizations, is the amount of work that was needed, the demand was way in excess of the supply, the amount of work that could be delivered with the teams. So one of those key takeaways is, is that, you know, is it real? Can we validate that and make sure that gap is real? And if that gap is real, we're either going to have to invest to increase uh, supply, or we're going to have to prioritize and winnow out some of those things that that can't be completed but this and so that's really that touching on the map as not being a fixed goal but more a map of the current situation that will modify and change as we learn more 
The second bit was this was something where we were able to bring both business and the technology partners together, number one. So we had two sides, both of them working together, first of all. And then secondly, we didn't just have senior executives, but we had um, product owners and we had you know, team leads and key individuals who could speak for the broader organization, all going through that exercise. So the mapping exercise was something that they were involved with so that they can continue to modify that and adjust as they go forward because they understood what was involved, what the conversations were and so on. And I mean, I think the we've got to see what happens. It's early in 2021, but it was a, one of those great experiences, which I really think is that mix of the map is there, but it's not the key outcome. The key outcome is actually the mapping exercise. Yeah, and uh, there's uh, Mike Burrows of the Agenda Shift fame. One of the things that he says he likes to do in those exercises always have three levels of uh, management so that you've, and that is, and I think that's kind of the, what you're describing there because it's so powerful to be able to have those different perspectives because as broad as the executive's view might be and the information they have about the environment that's around there that people lower down might not have, but the people lower down have a much better touch to, well, what are we actually capable of doing? What, where, where are our gaps? Where are there other risks in the organization that we're going to need to tackle and ensure that we overcome? So it makes it such a richer and more valuable conversation if you can bring those different layers together and it isn't just a, a strategy layer at the top of the organization that's trying to make all the decisions without any real visibility into what the rest of the organization needs to succeed. No, absolutely. I think that's great. Now, um, I'm just looking at the time here and just thinking about some of the pieces that we're, we're trying to get to, if you like. The outcome mapping, that beginning piece, and I think it's a hugely important discussion to have uh, um, to understand why an organization or, or a department or a division is making the changes that they're making or attempting to make. But how do you tie those outcomes to the organization itself and in particular of course people want to know what they need to do what's the next step so what are what are your next steps in that process we've got some outcomes we've kind of agreed that with an organization with the sponsors how do you tie that first to the organization itself and reality in the organization if you like and then how do you define what the next steps might be? So so we, we came up with a process to do this, of course, so a, a, a set of, uh, of generative maps. So once we have the outcomes, start to understand what the organization uh, organizational needs are in the sort of immediate term, we can use that as input into the next stages. So the, the four maps that I, I think I mentioned earlier uh, in a process we've called flow engineering. Uh, we, uh, we called them uh, outcome mapping, uh, value stream mapping, dependency mapping, and capability mapping. And the, the, the concepts here are that uh, once we have that, that broader strategic generative I, a concept that uh, we're looking at across the organization, we can use that to inform uh, where are the value streams? How do we 
uh, how do we want to look at our value streams and start to look for what are the ways we can start to optimize flow, look, flow, look for where are the constraints, come up with like the tactical immediate things we need to focus on. Uh, that immediately adds value back into organizations. We could uh, then we move on to look at dependencies, what's external to those value streams that's inf influencing them. So we can look at there may be regulatory controls or other pieces which are not caught in the, the value stream itself that we can then ensure that are these concerns, these external concerns being taken care of. And then we look at capability mapping, which is very similar to what you were describing, uh, that, that high-level strategy of looking at uh, what are, now that we understand all of these pieces that we want to do and where we're going to focus, what things we're going to work on, uh, do we have what we need to be able to get there? Where are our gaps? And do other additional uh, people or systems or skills or what, what is it that we need in order to actually make this happen? Mm -hmm. um, and... That from that, we can take all of that, all of this information, um, and we can put it in, start to prioritize it and create what we call overall a flow roadmap, which again, is it's the exercise of going through the process of creating that, that adds the value and understanding. And it's there that we, we hear from our clients. It's like I it's things like I never saw the whole system end to end before. Mm -hmm. I never got to see like how all of these moving pieces fit together and be able to take that step back to be able to look at this is how we're going to get to those outcomes. These are the places we should focus first. Can I just pick up on that one comment you mentioned about I've never seen the whole system before? And we all know, if, if, you know we, there, there are systems which do three things and you can map that system with four, four boxes on a sheet of paper. And then there are systems that have hundreds and hundreds of different aspects to it. What granularity are you looking at getting? And maybe... Part of that is to do with how much time you spend to be able to get that view of the system. So we, we look at it uh, when we're doing those later maps, typically at um, a couple of different levels. So there's the, the strategic level or the portfolio level where we're coming in and we're mapping, like, what are the, the different initiatives? How does that work? How does the ideation processes? And through that, we identify, okay, here's an area we should focus on, and then we start to dig deeper. So you have this idea of value streams are nested. Here's my sort of my higher level value streams, and now we're digging into the lower level value streams to identify exactly where to focus in those. So that's, that's kind of how we picture it and start to dig into the organization. And uh, that's how that sort of mapping process works. So we, we look to identify for the organization where would the most valuable places to focus be. It, it's interesting you're saying that because um, value streams, and I'm sure we're going to you know, get going on some of these at some point because it's something that uh, we're really struggling with that concept. I think the value stream made famous by value stream mapping in Lean is a, is a very one-dimensional view of a three-dimensional thing view of a three-dimensional piece if you like mm -hmm. and I, I think that's something that we that is always a struggle I was in a conversation yesterday with Aaron Sanders a, a certified scrum trainer in south of Denver and we we were just talking about those value streams at scale so when we're in a smaller organization I can imagine like you're saying those nested value streams when you get into larger organizations that nesting it's no longer the Russian dolls model. At some point, it's a lot more complicated than that. And Aaron used a great phrase of networks of value streams. And that immediately makes me think of things like the London Tube map or any number of different maps that has more than three trains in it for a, you know, a, a, a travel system, right? 
where you've got many different value streams doing many different things that intersect. So how does that come out when you're dealing with the value stream? What, what sort of scope are you looking at or how do you deal with those complex product suites and services suites, which, which don't necessarily nest in the way you're describing? So there's a... There's the concept of what are we looking? What are we looking for? Is the outcome right? <laughs> see, so <laughs> see what I did there. If if we're if we're looking at um, the value stream, we don't we don't necessarily need to capture every single part of it in excruciating detail. We need to capture enough to be able to identify where we need to look next in the process. So and help guide the decisions that are looking to be made. So we're looking for just enough information. This is where we get into this kind of explore and exploit. Uh, like wh when do you leap and look into the next piece and understanding where, how much information is enough. So now we start to bring in some other concepts uh, that allow us to decide uh, as we're moving through this, okay, this is, this is how we're, we're understanding. Do I now have enough information to move to the next piece and where should I go? And that's the knowledge and experience we're bringing to. Um, I, if I can just rephrase that and put that back, because sure. as you're mentioning that, I'm I'm reminded of a, a conversation I was having about um, that maturity of, let's say, a consultant, of somebody that you're working with that you trust as an expert to come in. And early on in that journey, we often want to show how much we know by putting as much on the table as possible. And I think, and this is something that, that I really respect about yourself and Hino and the, the team that you have around you, that maturity, as you mature, your goal is not to put as much on the table as possible, but is actually to stay quiet and identify the one thing or the two things which are pertinent right now that need addressing. Getting those solved and then coming back to reassess and look for the next one or two things. And I think I just wanted to kind of bring us slowly to a close because I feel that we've had a lot of long kind of conversation about a number of things. But one of the things that I'm hearing from our conversation here, and I, I think is really a key takeaway, is the value of this mapping and maps exercise. The value of the mapping we've talked about as being that getting everybody able to rethink and revisit that map over time. The value of the map is that identification of those one or two things which are relevant right now and that need attention, knowing that the moment you make those changes, that whole map is going to shift and adjust. And so we need to revisit that to find what the next items are. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that's a good way of, uh, of summarizing it. It's, uh, if I, and I, I think the, the it's it's directly relevant to a lot of the principles out of lean, of course, and uh, things like theory of constraints. We want to find, like, where's the one bottleneck where we should spend our time and our effort to ensure that we're focusing in the right place and effort anywhere else in the system isn't going to produce improvement, that kind of thing. So we're, uh, yeah, I, I think that sums it up nicely. Uh, so uh, is there anything else you'd like to add as we, we wrap up here today? Um, let me, maybe that one context of, the map being, how do you identify the bottleneck? As you mentioned, that theory of constraints, knowing that the moment that constraint shifts, changes, the map readjusts itself. And so it needs to be remapped so that the next constraint can be identified. And I think that remembering that, understanding the map is a snapshot, 
that is going to need to be reformed helps us really uh, use those tools in the right way. Yeah, thanks. I think that's a great way of summing it up. So, so thank you, Dave. Great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Until next time. Again, enjoyed it, Peter. Until next time. You've been listening to Definitely Maybe Agile, the podcast where your hosts, Pete Madison and David Sharrock, focus on the art and science of digital, agile, and DevOps at scale 